2: It's the Neverland Podcast, episode 41. Up
3: to Neverland. They can start at the right and stay until morning.
4: all who come to this happy place, welcome.
0: And now, please welcome your host for the podcast, He's the Pan.
3: I got pen sword on the Pan now!
2: Actually, I got his microphone. You've grown up.
4: You promised
3: never to grow old.
4: Your age relives fond memories of the past. Yeah.
3: His nose got real big. Well, who back to Neverland, man the Man?
2: And
0: now... Your host, Jeremy
2: Hello there, Neverlanders! It is good to have you here again. Thank you so much for downloading us again this week and spending some time here in Neverland. We want to get started right away. We have so much fun to have that uh, let's just go ahead and get that pocket pixie out there, sprinkle some of that pixie dust around, get your happy thoughts, and let's fly away here to Neverland. We've got some fun news to cover this week, and also I have a very fun interview with a nice lady named Kay Mallins, uh, she lives in Marceline, and the, and she works in the Chamber of Commerce, uh, well, not quite the Chamber of Commerce there, but she works in the headquarters for ToonFest, which is the event that I've been uh, sent- playing a promo for you and letting you know that about. Uh, but she works there in the offices of ToonFest and, Toon and helps coordinate it, and she spent some time with us this week. Uh, it's a really fun interview. You're going to hear a lot of fun things about Walt Disney, uh, where she got to meet him, uh, just all kinds of different things A lot of fun We have so many wonderful things that you're going to be able to uh, experience there at Toon Fest And I really hope you're going to be able to come uh, But we have so much stuff that we need to cover That I just need to go ahead and dive right in Now I want to start of course with the, probably the biggest news uh, That really came out this week Is that at Epcot so you know, It's none to some as Epcot Center But at Epcot at Walt Disney World Maelstrom is closing down and I believe it's supposed to be around October 1st is the is the closing date. Uh, I've been getting my information here mainly from the Disney Parks blog and I haven't seen a specific date mentioned but if you really like Maelstrom and I, I did get to ride it while I was down there and I did enjoy it, uh, this is your last chance to go and get a ride because it's going to be completely changed. And to know kind of what these... Um, Changes are going to be like. I had some hopes of what it might be, but uh, I'll read to you directly what the Disney Parks blog says. Right here, so I'm pleased to say that we're starting construction at Walt Disney World Resort on a brand new Frozen attraction at the Norway Pavilion in Epcot. The new attraction, which replaces Maelstrom, will take our guests to Arendelle and immerse them in many of their favorite moments and music from the film. The pavilion will also include a royal greeting location where Anna and Elsa can meet our guests. We think these Frozen elements are great compliments to the Norway Pavilion, which showcases the country and region inspired by the film. Uh, now, this sounds like it's going to be kind of, you know, pretty cool ride. You know, especially Frozen fans are really going to enjoy this. And I guess in a way it does make sense to place it in the the Norway Pavilion. But, you know, part of the World Showcase is supposed to be, you know, somewhat educational, right? You're supposed to kind of learn a little bit about the countries. Now, when they updated... Um, and I cannot think of the name of it, but the ride there in the Mexican area where they've put Donald Duck and the Three Caballeros, you know, all in there. Uh, it's it's added story and some added some characters, but you still kind of get a tour around, uh, like, Mexico, so you still kind of learn some things. This sounds to me like the type of ride you would expect to find in Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom where you're going to experience the movie. Uh, and I don't see how this is going to be celebrating Norway in any fashion. So it's a kind of an odd move, and I, I, I'm, I'm expecting some uh, really split point of view on this cuz there's going to be people who are who are going to really like Epcot the way it is and for what Epcot stands for, you know, with the with the world showcase. And there's others who just absolutely love Frozen and they're just going to be excited for it. So, uh, I expect to hear a lot more about this. Now, the ride is uh, not coming around until about 2017. It's going to take some time to build this, and I'm sure it's going to be very popular, um, but uh, I'm sure a lot of people are probably going to be upset as well. There's a lot of people who really just don't even like it when things change, And but uh, change is part of how Walt wanted the park to go. He wanted to always be changing and updating and new things, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how this turns out. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I don't know if it's necessarily the, the right location for what Epcot is supposed to be, but it's going to be pretty cool, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm sure fans of Frozen are just going to go berserk, and it's going to be huge when it finally opens. Uh, but also, uh, this is kind of cool, and I wish I could get out there for Christmas, but uh, they're going to now have Elsa – out there to light up the castle with the icicles and things like that. Elsa is going to come out and transform Cinderella Castle into an ice palace every night starting in early November. And Mickey's very Christmas uh, party goers can see Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Olaf in the Mickey's Once Upon a Time Christmas Parade. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, so uh, you know, that's to me that's, that's just perfect. That just fits right in uh, with having Elsa there to make an, uh, an ice palace out of the castle. That is just a very cool idea, and I'm, I'm sure that's going to make it uh, very popular, for, once again, for everybody to go and check it out. Okay, now, this is a very neat story that I want to share with you. This, I didn't realize all this was going on. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, but there is a couple, uh, Larry and Kelsey. Now, they're they're known as Larry and Kelsey Ragsdale. Um well, their story is very unique, and I went and I grabbed uh, some audio. They There was a, a special story on Good Morning America on August 26th about this, and this ties very nicely in with Disney news. Uh, you probably have heard of this couple before. I remember seeing the video uh, of this couple. Uh, they had known each other since they were, were children, had been best friends, and fell in love and had known each other pretty much their entire lives. And... Uh, Things take take a very st- different turn, a very sad turn, but yet it is, uh, wow, this has just got a happy ending rating all over it, so grab your tissues and listen to what was on Good Morning America this week. This footage, once again, comes from ABC.
0: Has had to overcome some incredible challenges, and now as they prepare for that very special day, they're getting a very special surprise. <laughs> a high school track and football phenom. She was student body vice president. Best friends since grade school, Larry Ragsdale and Kelsey Yeoman dated through high school and knew they would marry one day. He's the most genuine and honest and perfect guy ever in the world. But tragedy threatened their fairy tale life as they drove by an accident scene one night. I'm like that's my mom's car.
3: And I'm like is, is she dead? Larry was just holding me and crying. He was there for you. He told me, he told my mom, he said I promised her that day that I would take care of you forever. Are
0: you They soldiered on together.
3: Oh, no way. He
0: bought a ring and planned to propose at Disneyland. But three days later, a drunk driver hit the car Larry was driving head on. Kelsey arrived at the scene first. I was just screaming at him, like, come on. Live. He survived with significant head trauma and brain damage. Your whole life changed in an instant. Kelsey
3: began working to help with Larry's therapy. He's still the same guy in there, and he still loves me more than anything. To me, that was the most important thing.
0: A lot of people. I'm gonna go with most people would have walked away, eventually. It's too hard and it wouldn't mean that you didn't love him. But you're 24 years old, what makes you stay?
3: That never ever crossed my mind, truly. And I know that if I had been in the accident and had survived, I know Larry would have stayed with me because that was the kind of love that we had for each other.
0: Larry never forgot about the ring or his plans to propose to Kelsey. <laughs> and so, with the same ring he'd purchased three years before, he did just that in this incredible moment. Me. I
3: mean,
0: look at the two of you. You haven't stopped smiling.
3: <laughs> you bring on my smile. <laughs>
0: their dream was to get married at Disneyland, but they couldn't afford it. So Kelsey's sister posted this video online and donations poured in. And next week, they will have their dream wedding at Disneyland, four years and a lifetime in the making.
3: Just the love and support we've seen from people that we have no, you know, no clue who they are, where they live. But what Kelsey and Larry don't know is
0: that we have something in store for them straight from Disneyland. We have
3: a little surprise for you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It is by royal decree that you are bestowed with a magical five-night honeymoon at the Disneyland Resort, a place where fairy tales and dreams Really do come true.
0: (laughs) Their reaction absolutely priceless. And to see the love radiating between these
2: two. (laughs) I'll
0: marry you right now. The most heartwarming sight of all.
2: Now, I remember seeing a video about this couple and showing how uh, she has worked uh, a, kind of like a nurse for him and has been helping with this therapy, and it really touched my heart when I first heard about it. I did not know there was a Facebook campaign and people were donating and giving and trying to help them out, and now they have had a wonderful disneyland wedding on september the 7th and as you've heard they had a five day honeymoon given to them this past week so they've gotten to spend that whole week in disneyland i think i'm going to have to track these two down and talk to them on the show because this is a a wonderful story i love the happy ending this is like a real fairy tale and what's cool is disneyland had already done some uh, some modifications now to the coach they were you know they got to ride in the cinderella coach and there's a wonderful picture on the disney parks blog that shows them in the coach, but they had to do some things for him to be able to get in there because he is wheelchair bound. He's paralyzed apparently from the waist down, uh, and so there's a wonderful picture of them in the in the uh, the Cinderella coach, uh, but they had to do some modifications to to help. So. This is great, you know. This is this is helping, you know, other handicapped people to experience the same type of thing. If they're in a wheelchair and everything, they can still get into the uh, coach. So lots of wonderful things happening with Disneyland. Uh, I I'm just loving this. This whole story is just fantastic. And uh, so, any of you that are currently in tears and, and enjoying that moment, go ahead and wipe them away. Here's something else that's really cool. Guardians of the Galaxy is continuing its worldwide domination. It this Saturday here. It is hitting 600 million worldwide and is still ranked number three at the box office. This movie just cannot seem to do any wrong. It's just a a mega power at this point. I'm kind of wondering. I don't remember what the final numbers for Frozen were uh, worldwide, but I'm kind of wondering if it's going to beat or maybe has already beat Frozen. I mean, this movie is just going gangbusters because everybody's seeing it once and then going back and seeing it again and probably again and again. Uh, this this is just fantastic because it is a good movie and I'm very excited about this because I'm a Marvel nut anyway. Uh, so having a Marvel movie do this well is just fantastic. And we are of course expecting that sequel July 28th, 2017. And it's a great week for it to hit it because actually this week, uh, if any of you went into a comic book shop and if you if you haven't, go ahead and get in there because this was completely free. But Marvel is celebrating 75 years of existing as a company. It wasn't always named Marvel, uh, but uh, there's a really nice free magazine that I was able to pick up at a comic book shop, and I've been reading it. I haven't finished it, but it gives a complete history of the company. Uh, There's a very nice interview with Stan Lee talking about when he started there uh, at age 17 working under Joe Simon and Jack Kirby and was there when they created Captain America and through World War II. Of course, uh, when World War II uh, got going, uh, when... The United States entered into it. Uh, Stanley Lieber, now known as Stan Lee, actually uh, did go and serve in the military uh, in World War II. So, you know, we love Stan for, for that as well as for all the great characters he created in the 60s, which, of course, you can read all about that in the same magazine. Uh, just really, really great stuff. I highly recommend heading to a uh, comic book shop as quick as you can and finding this. It's completely free. Pretty good magazine. And uh, I don't know how fast you, the copies are going to disappear in various shops, uh, but all of us Marvel fans are probably going to check it out. But uh, that's all the news I really wanted to share today because I have a lot of great content that I want to share with you. And uh, we'll just go ahead and move on right to our wonderful new content right after this. Main
4: Street, Main
0: Tonight on
4: Main Street Once a year, Disney fans from all across the country converge on one little town. Once a year, cartoonists and artists are invited to share their talents, stories, and art with these Disney fans. Once a year, the magic of Disney is centrally located in one place, Walt Disney's boyhood home, Marceline, Missouri. The Neverland Podcast invites you to come to Tune Fest 2014 in Marceline, Missouri, September 20th, 2014 for a visit to the original Main Street USA. Jeremy, host of the Neverland
2: Podcast, will be there to meet you with prizes. Be one of the first to find me and tell me where you heard this promo and you win. It's kind of like, where's Waldo? only with a bit of Disney magic thrown in. He could be watching the parade, shopping for
4: classic Disney items in the antique shops, exploring the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, listening to a cartoonist at the community center, visiting Walt's Dreaming Tree, or eating something.
2: I'll be the guy in the Neverland Podcast t-shirt stuffing his face. Small town festivals have some of the best food.
4: Kettle corn. Mm. Mmm. For full details, visit www.NeverlandPodcast.com or www.ToonFest.net. If you're planning to make a trip to Marceline, Missouri on September 20th, Jeremy would love to meet you. The parade begins on Main Street at 10 a.m. Central Time. Don't miss it.
2: All right, Neverlanders, we have yet another special guest on this week. Uh, This time we don't have any sort of a voice actor or celebrity or another podcaster. We have someone who is going to tell us all about ToonFest, which now you've probably remembered that I've been playing these promos for the past few weeks, of talking about how I'm going to be at TuneFest this year in Marceline, Missouri. Well, I wanted to give you more information about it, so I found someone who can talk to us. And so we welcome with us Kay Mellins. Yay!
5: Hello from Marceline.
2: Hooray! Marshalline, Walt Disney's boyhood home. How cool is that? It is
5: very cool, and it's great to live here and get to experience that every single day.
2: Yeah. So, uh, is that something they teach y'all when you're, like, you're freshly born into this area, but by the time you're two years old, they're like, did you know Walt Disney lived here? <laughs>
5: yeah. I mean, it's just kind of inbred in everybody here, and uh, we have great young people here that understand the story and help us celebrate that, you know, a lot of good things happen. Happened in Marceline and have happened in Marceline.
2: Yeah, uh, golly, because I I had no idea about any of this until like uh, in the fourth grade we did a study of historic people from Missouri.
4: Yep.
2: And uh, you know we went through you know all Daniel Boone and uh, Lewis and Clark and everything. And then suddenly teacher says, by the way, did y'all know Walt Disney grew up on a farm here for a few years? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Whoa!" And they told us about the dreaming tree in class and everything, and uh, that had kind of, you know, been set behind in my mind until uh, some friends of mine on uh, their honeymoon actually had crossed through, uh, going across on 36 Highway there, uh, on their way to Hannibal, and came back with pictures of the Walt Disney hometown museum. I was like, "What?" So, yeah,
5: it's very cool. So it's I very- had to go. You, well, we're glad you did.
2: Yeah, so this will be, I've been there now for the past four years, coming to Tune Fest, mm-hmm. which is this really cool event you guys have been holding for how many years now?
5: Uh, this is our seventeenth year.
2: Seventeen years. My yes. Goodness. So how did it uh, get started?
5: Uh, well, it we really started fairly small. It was just a couple of ladies here in Marceline that worked. Volunteered with the Chamber of Commerce, and they thought we need to have another activity here, and they were thinking Hmm, Disney cartooning, and so it started out with two local cartoonists in little red wagons And uh, it has evolved into kind of a signature event for a lot of cartoonists. We get the A-list Early on, we were kind of begging people to come because they didn't exactly understand what we were doing Uh, But now people come from all over the country. It's just a really fun, fun day
2: Oh, yeah, I've, I've had so much fun, especially since it's got that, that small-town feel. Exactly. Especially on Main Street, and get to, mm-hmm. to walk on the original Main Street is really special. And even I love the uh, the lights and the lamps you have on the streets, labeling it as Main Street are just fantastic.
5: Yeah, the, the, our street signs are pretty unique. And actually, in uh, 2001, the, uh, Mickey Mouse came to to do the ribbon cutting for our new street signs on the original Main Street USA. So, yeah, people love our street signs. We could actually sell those street signs if we wanted to.
2: <laughs> I bet you'd find a buyer real easy. Too. <laughs> I think I'm satisfied with taking a picture. I don't think I could afford a street sign. But <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, well, so let's get into like some bit of history of Marceline's okay. relationship with Disney because, uh, my goodness, there's a lot of things you can learn. Uh, just going around the streets and going through the museum there, which is a great museum. Well,
5: thank you. We're very proud of it.
2: There's something so, new every time I go, too.
5: Well, that's what we hope. We hope everybody has a new experience every time they return to Marceline. Um, and we're real proud of our story here. Um, Walt Disney said that more things of importance happened to him in Marceline than happened to him the rest of his life. And even though he just lived here a short time, it was that time in his life that he helped dear. It's, he often said it was when he got to be a kid. And, um, you know, when he left Marceline, then he started working, and he worked hard <laughs> the rest of his life. So are these few years here in Marceline that had a tremendous impact on him.
2: Yeah, especially with uh, the trains that run right down mm-hmm. past Main Street. Uh, now, this is somewhere I, I kind of get confused every year because, like, okay, the museum... Uh, was built out of one of the old buildings. Was that uh, it? Was kind of near the old train station, but it wasn't the actual train station. Was it- mm, well,
5: what the, the the museum, the building that the museum is housed in, was built in 1913, so it's over 100 years old. Wow! Uh, and it was the station, the Atchison, Topeka and Santa Fe station here in Marceline. Now there was one prior to it that was a wooden one that stood on the exact same location. But yeah, um, we we purchased it from the railroad several years ago been about a million and a half dollars on renovation so far and uh it's it's a very fine lovely structure we're very proud of it
2: and this is around the location where walt used to like to come and watch the trains come by he when he was a boy
5: yeah he did and and he had a uncle who was an engineer on the santa fe railroad and his run was from fort madison iowa to kansas city and he and walt had a special relationship and he would slow down coming into marceline he had a special Toot he did on his steam whistle, and Walt would run down to the tracks. He'd slow down the train, and Walt would get in the cab of the engine with him and ride it into the yards down here. And uh, because we were a division point on the Santa Fe Railroad, we had really large railroad yards here. And we had a a roundhouse that would service 20 steam locomotives at a time. So it was a great place for a kid with an imagination like Walt to be. Mm
2: And that love for trains just stuck with him his entire life.
5: It did. It certainly did. And it all came from his time here in Marceline with his uncle Mike Martin.
2: Which is just awesome.
5: Yeah, it is. (laughs)
2: so oh my goodness and uh now after he had left though and came down here where i'm at in kansas city mm-hmm. uh spent some years here apparently went back to chicago but then started his first business in kansas city but after he had finally you know jumping forward mm-hmm. when he had launched the you know the, the disney company with his brother roy yeah. uh, he came back to marshalling for a few things uh i know he premiered the great train robbery right there in the, yeah. the theater on main street
5: yeah the great locomotive chase he did and Uh, And prior to that, Walt came back in 1946, unannounced, and um, had a a strange-looking camera with him, which turned out to be a movie camera. And what he was doing was refreshing his memories of Marceline for something he was thinking about doing. And in 1955, Walt did two things that tied him to Marceline absolutely forever. He did the movie Lady and the Tramp, and it's based kind of on his time here in Marceline. Wow! If you're you're lucky enough to get the 50-year anniversary edition of Lady and Tramp, the host's second DVD under Lady's Pedigree talks about the importance Marceline played in the making of that movie. And that very same year, he opened a little place in California called Disneyland. Ta-da! Yay! (laughs) Now, when he announced he was going to open that park, practically every newspaper in the nation had the headlines, Disney's folly, he's wasting his money, no one will ever go. Well, he proved him wrong.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Very wrong.
5: Yeah, and he used his memories of Marceline from Main Street, USA. Mm -hmm. So even today, if you go to Disneyland, you will find the Hotel Marceline right on Main Street, USA. If you go by the theater, the mannequin in the ticket booth, her name tag reads Tilly, Marceline, Missouri. And if you want to buy candy at Downtown Disney, you buy it at Marceline's Confectionery. So there's still a lot of Marceline at Disneyland.
2: Fantastic. That's got to give you like that hometown pride thing just to think, yes. <laughs> here it is. Yes, here it are. is. Yes. It, uh, me and my buddy Phil, we actually kind of, we love the name of Marceline because it sounds like, uh, you know, Maybelline, why won't you be true? So we start singing, <laughs> Marceline, we're coming to you, you know. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's just great fun and everything and to have that much history. Uh, and also Walt came and uh, donated or set up like a, a kind of a miniature version of the Autopia there. Yeah,
5: well, uh, Walt had big plans for Marceline. He actually was, he was such a visionary. He said, there'll come a time when a child will not know what an acre of land is. There'll come a time when a child will not know what a, uh, what happens when you put a seed in the ground. So his idea was really to have a 1900s working farm here in Marceline. So there was a committee formed here in Marceline to work with Walt. Um, and they purchased his boyhood home farm here in Marceline for Walt. And he was doing all this through his private company which was called Retlaw. Um, so, the Midgettopia ride was sent back to Marceline as the first of many things that Walt had planned to send back here. Uh, but his untimely death uh, put an end to the Marceline project.
2: Oh, kind of wish the Disney company would step up and actually build something there in Marceline. It would be awesome.
5: Well, it's, it's, we have a wonderful story to tell and we love sharing it. You know, we have thousands of people that come here a year from all over the world. And it's just the most enchanting thing to watch how they perceive us and how their Marceline experience it really has an impact on them as well. So it's, it's a lot of fun here.
2: Yeah, and Walt actually has a school named after him over there.
5: He does. Walt Disney Elementary School here in Marceline. And Walt attended the dedication of this school. And um, at the dedication that day, he said, you know, I'm not a funny guy. I'm just a farm boy from Marceline who hides behind a duck and a mouse. (laughs) Um, And he gave us some lovely gifts. The interior of the school is all designed with one-of-a-kind Disney murals, which are all still there today. Um, And, you know, when it opened, um, every classroom got a brand-new set of Encyclopedia Britannicus, which back in the day was huge uh, for each classroom to have that. And he gave us two very beautiful flags. One was this... Beautiful embroidery flag that flew over Sleeping Beauty's castle, and the other one was a Mickey flag. And, you know, when you think of Mickey, you usually think of red, yellow, black. Well, our flag is orange. <laughs> and Yep. And during Walt's lifetime, the only other place that orange flag was allowed to fly was over his apartment at Disneyland. So wow. that flag is really special to us. <laughs>
2: Now, when people visit Marceline, and I've kind of wondered this myself, and I kind of went looking, but I couldn't find it. But can you actually visit the school and go inside and see the murals?
5: Uh, Well, what you can do is you can look inside the front door, and you can see the murals that are in the lobby. And if the school is open, you go by the office, which is right there, and they'll certainly give you a pass so you could stay there in the hallway and take photos. Oh, cool. Very cool. And he also gave us a flagpole. Uh, at the dedication of the school and it was from the Squaw valley olympics uh, and that's still the flagpole that we use at walt disney elementary school today
2: during Toon fest though will the school be open because i figure the office out of school might be closed on a saturday it is
5: closed on a Saturday. but don't hesitate to go down there and look in the windows uh, you can see some of the best murals right through those front windows
2: I'll have to make sure I get a map because I I tried last year to find the school and I just didn't have any luck. (laughs) And I didn't want to get lost in somewhere I didn't know where I was.
5: It's only two blocks from the museum. You can actually walk there from the museum. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll we'll get you there.
2: That's probably why I didn't find it because I hopped in my car and I started doing circles around the neighborhoods.
5: (laughs) Yeah, well, and you know, something's interesting. They are doing some construction down there uh, in front of the school, which is a good thing. So be real careful when you go down there.
2: And also, Marceline, uh, now that I remember, doesn't it boast like one of the first swimming pools that uh, Walt Disney actually was there for the dedication?
5: Uh, Yeah, we had uh, Walt Disney came back in 1956. He'd been a little busy in 55 opening Disneyland and doing the movie Lady and the Tramp. And so in 1956, we decided to build a public pool here, which was pretty darn progressive for a little town of less than 3,000 in the middle of the 1950s to have a public pool. So they passed the bond and started building the pool, and they go, what are we going to call it? Let's write Walt Disney a letter and see if it would be okay if we named it Walt Disney Swimming Pool and Park, just hoping he'd say, go ahead. First letter back was he was thrilled. Next letter back was, we going to have a dedication. Well, we sure could. But he sure would like to come, and Roy would like to come, and they'd like to bring their wives. So in 1956, Walt came back to dedicate the swimming pool and park and that's when I really did get to meeting because yeah because my parents had just built a brand new ranch style air-conditioned house and the Disney's were coming in July and our hotel wasn't air-conditioned so when I did a city council meeting they said to my father how about the Disney stay with you and without asking my mother my father said sure Uh, Well, they were a young couple, and they had spent every cent they had on this brand-new ranch-style air-conditioned house, and the furniture wasn't so hot. So it got closer to the time for the Disneys to come, and, and my mom said to her friends, I don't think I can do this. It's the Disneys, and our furniture is just junk. And they said, oh, you have to have them because you've got the air conditioning. said, don't worry about it. We'll move your junk out. We'll move our good stuff in. So we still laugh about it that it took the whole town to get ready for the Disneys. Um, (laughs) But it was totally unnecessary because they wouldn't have cared what kind of furniture you had.
2: (laughs) They were probably just happy to be there back in the old hometown. They were
5: happy to be back in their old hometown.
2: Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a fun story.
5: It is. It is.
2: Now, is that part of, uh, I, I hear there's been a documentary made about Marceline that a, a young film student came along and made? And, well, uh, there's been
5: several, actually, through the years. And, oh. Uh, yeah. Um, a um, his name just left me. But anyway, he's going to be at Toon Fest, um, young man from Columbia, Missouri, and uh, he just made a cute little documentary. Uh, we have one that was made several years ago that we just screened, actually, uh, at the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. And uh, it's it's a great documentary, and it tells a lot of the stories that we're sharing here. And you can purchase it. It's called Marceline, of course, and you can get it at the Walt Disney Hometown Museum.
2: Yeah, I was wondering if it'd be available because I actually just heard about it this year on another podcast since, huh? since it was being shown at the uh, the family museum here sure. in San Francisco.
5: Yeah, I we did like, it, we did the original um, uh, premiere of it here in Marceline a few years ago, and it was very well received. And uh, we had a good time. I just got. I was out there in San Francisco for it, and we had a great time out there. And uh, nice people, and and it was interesting. We said the first screening was just for the membership of the museum out there, and so we said, well, how many people have been to Marceline? And half the hands went up. So that made us feel really good to think that, you know, that many people had taken time to come and see us here in Marceline.
2: Yeah, all all us Disney diehards, this is like Mecca.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I know. it's It's so exciting. It is fun.
2: Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, uh, I myself, I've been to Disney World once on somebody else's dime, and my wife has never gone. And so then after I'd gone there, I was really nutty uh, on the whole thing. So that's when I was like, oh, i got to go visit this Tune Fest thing. Yep. So that's when actually when I started going, and I brought my wife along with me, but she doesn't quite get it yet.
5: Ah, well, you know, some people it takes a while longer than others, but uh, we'll get her eventually.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get her to come along with me again because you know she loves small towns anyways, mm-hmm. and I think she still enjoyed herself, but she doesn't understand why it's fun to just keep going back every year.
5: <laughs> well, you know we'll, we'll 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 get her. We'll
2: get her. <laughs> we will. I think she's just too introverted for all the crowds. Uh. <laughs> but it's it's just too much fun to go up there for Toon Fest because of all you've got. Uh, in the uh, well, and I, so in the years that I've been going, I've seen like the first year I was there, uh, you had one building that was hosting kind of a, the art show and a, and a silent auction, and uh, the roof collapsed sometime in between my first year I went and the second year. And you uh-huh. have this really nice community center that was built. We and do. So down the community center, you have this very cool art display going on every year.
5: We do and uh yeah you're talking about the roof of the messiah temple it's beautiful in there now um they had a storm we had a storm that came through and a straight line wind just peeled the roof off it was just a horrible thing but anyway it's all fixed now but yeah we hold um the show and the symposium the cartoonist show and the symposium at our community building which is absolutely amazing they can seat 700 people in there so there's plenty of space for everybody to come and it's all in one location um and on Tunefest Day, what happens is that um, we have our bid begins with our parade at 10 o'clock, and we have all kinds of small-town floats and small-town fun things. Um, we honor our um, headliners, who this year are very diverse cartoonists that we have coming in. Uh, Steve Artley, who is a political cartoonist. Eddie Pittman, who right now is working on Phineas and Ferb.
3: Wow! Okay. Yeah,
5: Disney Channel. He and he also worked on Star Wars, which I think is really interesting. I'm anxious to talk to him about that. Yeah. Uh, Bill Bill Hines, who uh, this is actually the 40th anniversary for him for uh, Tank McNamara. So we're going to be celebrating Tank this the strip uh, series uh, here in Marceline for the 40th anniversary. Um, Hillary Price, who does rhymes with orange, and she can't wait to get to a small town. She grew up on the East Coast, went to school on the West Coast, and has never been in the Midwest before. So, (laughs) yeah, so we're anxious to uh, charm her with our Midwest ways here. And Guy Gilcrest, Guy uh, has a he started coming here in 2010, and he's not missed a year since. Uh, he comes in early and does some cartoony seminars at Walt Disney Elementary School for the students there. And this year, he's one of our featured speakers as well. And Guy uh, actually did the first line drawings ever done of the Muppet Babies. Uh, and he does the series Nancy right now. And I just found out from him the other day that when the Ninja, Teenage Ninja Turtles uh, were first popular, that he drew all the comic books for them.
2: <gasps> Whoa.
5: Oh, Isn't that cool? So yes. he, he's one of our headliners this year as well.
2: So and he must have been doing like the Archie comic version of things then because that yeah. does match his style.
5: Yeah. Well, anyway, and he – well, no, Archie was another another gentleman that we had here at one time.
2: Well, but uh, the, like the same company who was doing Archie was yeah. actually publishing some Ninja Turtle comics when the, yeah. the series became popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and that's, that, now that I think about it, that art style does completely match what I've seen from Guy Kilchrist on, because uh, co- his artwork is covering that top floor in the museum. There's yeah. All kinds of neat stuff. Yeah, and that,
5: this, this is the last year for that show. Uh, it's been up for three seasons, and so that show will be changing uh, upstairs in the in the gallery. So, yeah, so we have a lot of cool things happening. You should get to Marceline about 10 o'clock, like I said, to uh, see the Marceline uh, Toon Fest Parade. And then that's followed by all kinds of fun stuff in the park for families to do. Uh, lots of free things that you can do as a family. We also have the Princess Tea, uh, which does take pre-registration. It's only five dollars a child, uh, but we do need you to register ahead of time. You can pay at the door, but just call us and make a reservation. Uh, if they want to, little girls want to get their hair or nails done first, we've got bangles, bubbles, and beads. It opens at seven a.m. So you can get all primed before you ride in the parade on your princess float and then go in and have princess tea in the specially designed tents. Uh, we have pirates for anybody that wants to be a pirate and walk the plank that day. Um, a lot of things that Walt did as a child here in Marceline have been turned into games. Uh, you can actually sketch Rupert. You know, Walt got, was paid his first money for art when he sketched a local doctor's horse called Rupert. So we do, do sketching Rupert here. Uh, A lot of of the chores Walt had to do have been turned into games, such as (laughs) all those kinds of things. So there's a lot of fun rural things for children to do here. And then the symposiums start at 12 o'clock, and um, they're free to the public. So come on down. You can just spend the whole day here in Marceline, and there's even food and entertainment that night if you want to stay a little longer.
2: Yeah, and I may have to stay a bit later this time around because I usually try to leave around – three or four so I can get myself home in a reasonable time because I'm usually just wiped out because I'm I'm just going crazy all day you know, <laughs> driving there and just running around I love going to the antique shops because yep. they have all kinds of neat old Disney merchandise and even if I can't afford some of it it's fun to look at it's fun to see isn't it yeah oh it is so awesome and, but I always come back with a couple of uh, old classic vinyl records mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten a Peter Pan soundtrack from there a Jungle Book soundtrack from there just oh my goodness I have so much fun
5: yeah we want you to come we want you to spend time in our stores as well we have an ice cream shop here that makes seven kinds of homemade ice cream daily it is yeah it is so good uh, I think the, i've
2: tried that one the first time i was there okay I think. and there's yeah. all
5: kinds of wonderful food here uh, concessions crafts all kinds of fun things that that we uh, like to like to have when we celebrate here in marceline
2: there's a really good diner i always like to go to for lunch right there kind of on the corner too. there right? is mavic's Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they have that uh, the very famous kind of towering malt there. That's kind of pretty big, actually. Dusty
5: Miller. Yes, the Dusty a, Miller. You can only get a Dusty Miller in Marceline.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had to ask what it was when I first <laughs> Miller, So What is Dusty Miller? Is that somebody or? <laughs> it,
5: yeah, it is a it's a ice cream treat that's you can only get here. It was invented by Ma Reese at Marceline's Confectionery here years and years ago.
2: Yeah, and I definitely recommend sharing it because it's pretty big. <laughs>
5: uh, yeah, it just depends on how much you like ice cream.
2: <laughs> and I really like ice cream. I'm just not supposed to eat that much. Of oh, it. okay. okay. <laughs> I hear my my food beeping, so hang on. I'm going to pop it. that. Uh, how did the museum get started?
5: Uh, well, in uh, 2001 was the 100th anniversary of Walt's birth. And uh, we had done, for three years, we have been working on having a celebration here and Marceline. And then a little bit prior to that, um, we were contacted by Ruth Disney Beecher's family. And um, Ruth had been a saver of her things. And her son, her only son, said that, gosh, mom really wants these things in Marceline. Well, we didn't have a museum yet. And we had people coming here from all over the country so after Ruth's wonderful things came to Marceline we thought ah, we need to get organized we need to have a museum so four very wonderful people stepped forward and after a lot of negotiations with the Burlington Northern Santa Fe we were able to purchase that building where the museum is today now the building had been derelict for several years you know windows what happened and Pigeons in the inside and all those things that happen to buildings when they're abandoned. So it's been a labor of love for us. And as I said earlier, we spent about a million and a half dollars on renovations. And it was very serendipity. Um, We had a retired railroad executive that um, came back to Marceline and he was visiting friends in um, Topeka, Kansas, where the headquarters of Santa Fe were at that time. And um, he said saw so his box on the floor, had Marceline written on it, and he goes, what are you doing with that? And they said, well, it's old records that we microfilmed and we're getting rid of them. He goes, what well, can I have it? So he brought it back and it was the hand drawn blueprints of the station here. Wow. I know, it's just, it's just amazing. Plus all the inventories from 1913 and that's when the station was built of all the railroad yards here. So we have a really good footprint of what the station looked like originally and, and that's what we're doing um so it's like i said i'm a firm believer in serendipity and i think Walt's looking out after us uh, he wants good things to happen here so we got the building and we had some artifacts we opened in 2001 uh during the 100th birthday anniversary of walt's birth celebration here in marceline and you know we had planned this celebration for a really long time and 9-11 happened which is <laughs> where we are now yeah and um We almost canceled because our celebration was September 21, 22, 23, 2001. Mm. And we started hearing from people all over the world saying, don't you let them stop you. Don't you stop. And so we had the celebration. And our goal was to have um, 50,000 people in three days in Marceline. And we ended up with 35,000 people, which was pretty remarkable. Um, And it was So heartwarming that we had the largest convergence of Disney authors and historians, I would say, ever. And they were all coming on their own money because we we do everything volunteer and on a shoestring here in Marceline. Um, The ones that were coming from Europe, of course, their flights got canceled. They couldn't get into the United States. So they flew to Canada, and we had to fax the border guards, the program, to prove that they were coming to Marceline. And over half of them made it anyway. That's how bad they wanted to be here for that celebration. So uh, it was a celebration, not only for Walt Disney, but of spirit. So that kind of kicked us off. And um, since then, every year we're growing. Every year there's more exhibits. Um, You know, here in Marceline, not only do we have the Walt Disney Elementary School, the Walt Disney Swimming Pool and Park, but our post office is the only federal building in the United States named after Walt Disney.
2: Yeah, it's a neat post office. Isn't it cool?
5: And it's the only place (laughs) that you can get a very special hand cancellation every day you just have to go in and ask for it
2: um so
5: you know there's and we have a disney farm here and uh the dreaming tree so there's a whole lot of disney here in marceline
2: oh yeah a lot of things to do you can keep yourself busy all day and you can you i it's hard to remember to take time to just relax because i i wear myself (laughs) out
5: that's okay which is
2: why i've kind of left early because i'm so tired and i'm thinking well golly maybe this year i should you know go to a hotel and i can take a little nap and then come back and but it's like you don't want to leave once you get started. You're just like, oh, but there's all this, and I haven't looked at this, and I want to hear all these cartoonists talk. Yeah. I, even uh, there was, uh, the first year I was there, there was a cartoon I had never even heard of before, uh, and I cannot think of it, but it's, a, it's like a little boy genius. Uh, and I just sat and just listened to the guy talk Edison about how he Lee. came up with the... Edison.
3: Yes, Edison yeah. Lee. Yeah.
2: I I had never heard of it before, but I watched him go and talk about designing the characters, mm-hmm. and it was just it's fascinating. It is.
5: And – And cartoonists are very, very giving people. Um, On the Friday before uh, the public Fest celebration, we have a symposium just for high school students. And the first few years we did it, we were knocking on schools' doors and saying, you know, this is what we're doing. And they're going, what is this? Well, now this year we have 450 kids registered, high school students. Wow. That come in on that Friday and uh, it's it's free. They just we just need to know how many students are coming because we also provide lunch for them and getting to be work firsthand and hear these cartoonists up close and personal is something, you know, students in rural areas do not ever get to experience. So yeah. it's it's a great day for all of our students
2: and you can really learn about about uh, pursuing your passion and working hard for it and not giving up because it's not easy to no. you know to get recognized as a cartoonist. No, and these
5: guys all have the most unique stories of how they got started mm-hmm. in the business and how they came up with their with their characters or characters and the evolution of that process and going from, you know, most a lot of these guys started drawing way before there were computers. <laughs> You know that everybody used to CG things, and so you know it's really a kick to watch some of them draw um, because they did everything by hand. So that's that's a uh, and the process they use is just amazing.
2: Oh yeah. It's it's really impressive, and especially you know stuff you don't think about. Like uh, last year, Steven Silver was there, mm-hmm. and he was showing his original sketches for creating Kim Possible. Exactly. And I was like, this is stuff you don't think about when you watch these cartoons. That somebody actually has to sit down and look at what the character is and say, well, this is what this character needs to look like, mm-hmm. and and start coming up with as many ideas until they land on something that's just right. Just right. Just. And it's right. just yeah. The yeah. dedication.
5: Well, their dedication, and plus, you know, having not only the dedication, but having that amazing imagination. And, and these are all really bright guys. You know, they're huge students of, of human nature, and they all watch the news very closely, and, you know, they can talk about any subject. They're really, really bright, bright people. So uh, it's it's always fun to have them here and hear their stories.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a highlight, because I love cartoons, so... <laughs>
5: Well, then you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we Sorry. had one of our, our headliners this year um, was saying, I, I think it. Was, see, I think it was Steve Artley. He said he's never been. He's been to hundreds and hundreds of cartoon celebrations, but he's never been to a town where the whole town celebrates. <laughs> and I got, <laughs> oh, you know, that's pretty cool.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, because really, unless somebody's an old funny daddy, they everybody loves cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know that's the favorite part of the Sunday paper, really.
5: <laughs> well, you know if you if you look at the history of cartoonies, it's pretty much the pulse of what's going on in the country at that time.
2: Yeah, the it world. is
5: world. Yeah, and they just they just sell it to us in an entertaining way.
2: Yep, it's it's kind of like what every comedian says they try to do, where they try to just you know <laughs> I'm going to tell this in this perspective and say what you would have said in the same situation, and that's what makes it funny. Exactly. But with the cartoonist, they get to create it from scratch and and still tell that same kind of joke yep. in just 3 panels
5: Exactly <laughs> Exactly
2: and it's just amazing and it's i I have so much fun going into the uh the gallery area and just reading everything so i try to get there a little bit before 10 so i can read everything go out there watch the parade and then go out to the well of course i always have to cross the street and visit the Toon fest offices and watch the cartoonists signing their name and drawing their characters on the walls exactly and
5: that's where we're talking from right now so um it's a really fun office to work in and people come in here and they're going wow I go, yeah, we have some pretty interesting walls around here,
2: yeah, and I take the same pictures every year of like a collection of all the Disney toys, and then the big <laughs> uh picture you have of Walt that's kind of done as a mosaic with a hidden Mickey in there exactly and then, and
5: those are all just fans that have sent these things into us um we have we need to start kind of rotating because we're we're getting a whole lot more things than we have out now, so we're probably going to start <laughs> rotating.
2: I could just imagine. Okay, now we got to think. Well, all right, who's going to be out today? Yeah. Do we have this version of Donald or that version? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it almost sounds like a pretty good problem to have. It right? is. It's a delightful
5: <laughs> problem. <laughs>
2: uh, that's see, that's got to be the type of job where you never really feel like you're working. You're just having a good time.
5: <laughs> you know, in this environment, it is kind of hard to if you if you've had a bad day and you come in here, it's like, oh well, well it's over. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> at work.
2: Sure. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so going forward with ToonFest, is there any thoughts now that, like, uh, since Disney has bought, like, uh, Marvel and Star Wars? And, uh, well, mainly because Marvel, you know, I don't know that there's really much of Star Wars to go, about, but it would be interesting to have access to maybe some Marvel artists or, heck, even Stan Lee would be awesome if he ever decided to come to ToonFest. Yeah,
5: and, and and there are plans. We never have been turned down by anyone to come to ToonFest it, unless there are scheduling problems. So, you know, we have this long list of people that want to come. We're just trying to hit the right year. Uh, yeah. You know, it fits into their schedule. These are busy people. Yeah. So, you know, for them to take time to come here with the deadlines they have, they have to work ahead and get yeah. all that stuff ready and, mm-hmm. and they come. So it's a commitment on their part, too. So uh, we like to show them a good time after we get them here.
2: Yeah, well, I tell you what—if you get a Spider-Man artist in there, I will go crazy and I'll just be having so much fun because I've always been a Spidey fan. So once Disney bought Marvel and Star Wars, I was like, okay, fine—I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. You own everything I love.
5: <laughs> you, you sound just like my grandson.
2: <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so I, you know, when when even when I first started my podcast, it was just supposed to be nostalgia, Think about things I love. Then I realized I was talking about Marvel and Star Wars and Disney all the time. I'm like, well, I I'm flat out a Disney podcast apparently because I just love talking about Marvel, Star Wars, and anything Disney. There you go so but you know that's people like me this is where they need to go you need to come to marceline special on tune fest it's september 20th this year mm-hmm. uh i guarantee you'll have a good time it's it's fun especially watching if the first time you're there if you've never seen a small town parade it's fun to watch the parade <laughs> go down main street turn around and march right back so you get to see both sides of the parade
5: we never thought that was funny because that's what it's always been and then people start pointing it out to us and we go well, I guess you're right. We've never been to another town that pray turns around and comes back. They see that way you get to see both sides of everything. Yeah.
2: yeah. It makes perfect sense when you think about it. It's like, oh, yeah, so now I get to see the other side of it, it. because there was, you know, because you especially have the floats. with have all the all the little little girls <laughs> that have been all dressed up since 7 a.m. and the little kids as pirates, and you got Miss Marceline and Miss Junior Marceline and, um, and- like five different Miss Marcelines <laughs> or something come by. It's, it's adorable. <laughs> So yeah, you definitely got to see the parade and then just enjoy small town America. You it's it's part of that relaxing kind of town you want to kind of hang in, but there's so much fun going on that you're like, "Oh, but I want to go do this and now I want to go do this and I got to see them walk the plank and uh yeah, it's and you got to sample the food. <laughs>
5: exactly. It's the food's great.
2: And, of course, there's all those booths you usually have out of all these kind of different little homemade projects. I even saw one year the uh, high school, uh, like, robotics team was out there with some awards they had won.
5: They're amazing. They do really great stuff. They're going to be here again.
2: So there's so many different amazing things to see that really there's no excuse to not get here. If you can't get here, find a way. Exactly. So, but it was awesome talking to you. I
5: feel the same, and I will be seeing you soon.
2: Yeah, you'll probably be like, oh, it's been that guy, because <laughs> oh, I've always been running around with my camera, and I've probably talked to you before, but didn't know we didn't know who you were. Well, now we know. And I've even gotten kind of used to running into Guy Gilchrist there, although last year he didn't have his hat on, and I almost didn't recognize him. Uh, yeah,
5: that hat's pretty distinctive.
2: Yeah. <laughs> All right, but I will look forward to saying hello to everybody next week, which I will be recording live from there, and I'm going to record some symposiums and share them, I think, too, because you said you got a guy that worked on Star Wars. Yeah, we did. So, I'll see you <laughs> next Saturday. Yes, I'm going to make sure I'm there and recording the whole thing, and I'm just going to absorb. Absorb. So, and enjoy- yes. I like learning things. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, thanks a lot for coming on see the show. See you soon. alright bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, now I hope you're like me and you're very excited for ToonFest. I'm going to be broadcasting there, well, live for me, but you'll hear it uh, the day after. I will warn you now, okay, uh, because I'm going to go and I'm going to take a video camera with me, uh, and I'm also going to take my regular audio recorder, I'm going to try to mix this together. I am going to have, uh, for the first time on our YouTube channel, which I will make sure I link that up for you, but I will have a video version of the podcast as well as an audio version, and there probably will be different because I'm not allowed to take a camera inside the Hometown Museum, but I can take a recorder and I can talk about some of the things that are inside there. Uh, So there will be kind of two different versions of the show, and I'll encourage you to check out both. It is going to take me some time to kind of put it all together once I get home on Saturday, and I'm probably going to be very tired, but uh, I will try to hustle and get it together and get it online as fast as I can and hopefully meet my normal Sunday deadline uh, so yeah definitely come back next week and check it out because I'm gonna have all kinds of fun and I'm definitely want to share it all with you because uh, you know if, if you're not able to come uh, you really are missing out but I want to be able to make you feel like you're there even if I you know don't get to meet you and I am looking forward to meeting those of you who are coming um, I even have a Facebook page set up if you go and find our Facebook page um, you can look at our events, and I have an event thing for people kind of to mark if they are planning to come. And I really do look forward to meeting as many of you as I possibly can. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout-out to my friends James and Deanna Caps, who are welcoming into the world their first child, their son, Reese. So congratulations to the Caps family. They are also listeners of the show, so I'm sure they're going to hear this. But congratulations. Uh, hopefully I'll get to meet little Reese here uh, fairly soon. Uh, maybe even today, he was just born today when I'm actually recording this, so I just got the news of it, so very exciting news, but uh, congratulations, and uh, I would like, of course, for all of you out there to subscribe and rate us, remember, we are on iTunes and Stitcher, make sure you're telling all of your friends about this show, and give us, of course, a rating, Uh, I do have links on the website for you to go to directly our iTunes and Stitcher page, so you can put a rating on there and give us a little review, we very much appreciate that, it does help, uh, you know, get more people to find us, and I am working on finding some kind of a fun little prize thing, maybe for people who I find are sharing the show on Facebook, on social media, on Twitter, if you are retweeting uh, my, my uh, shows, uh, I'm in the works to find some sort of a, you know, somebody will be randomly given kind of a neat little something, Um I'm still working on that, but uh, it is coming, so just keep paying attention. It's coming. You have to keep listening. Uh, Make sure you're following us, though, on Twitter, at NeverlandPCast, and also, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. Please email us any time you want at podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com, and leave a voicemail, 816-226-6492. And speaking of our voicemail line, I have a couple of new phone calls from Don Juanito, whose voice sounds very familiar to a guy who told us a funny story about landing in the Disney jail. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's kind of coming up with these stories on his own. But they're very entertaining, and he shared a couple more with us. So I'm going to share them with you because I think they're funny, and I'm enjoying them. So here we go. Here's a couple of voicemails left to us by Don Juanito. Hello, The Neverland
6: Podcast. This is Don Juanito. I want to tell you a story. I went to go see the Thor at the Disneyland. I I need to explain I have charms. Do you know, do you know what charms are? It is my magical power that when I unleash my charms, magical things happen. For instance, when I went to go see with Thor at Disneyland. I walked in to go see Thor. I unleashed my charms mistakenly. It turns out that Thor was powerless. He left his hammer of power and his helmet, and he said, you take it from here, buddy, and he left. So I had to put on the helmet, put on the hammer of power, and there was about 300 people I had to talk to the rest of the day. I shook hands with babies. I hugged the women that were in their line. It was really, I, I got out of there way later than I had expected. So it's too bad they don't have the Natalie Portman character, uh, at the, so you could see Thor or you could see the Natalie Portman character. I love Natalie Portman so much. I cannot remember her character name. Anyhow, I was wondering if you could possibly talk to Disney about that. That would be a wonderful thing. This is Don Juanito. I will be calling back. Goodbye. Hello again, the Neverland Podcast. This is Don Juanito calling, and I'm calling to report that I was stalked by Anna and Elsa from the Frozen movie. I was in the village house eating my lunch, not bothering anyone, I did not even unleash my charms. I was sitting there eating my lunch and I look up and I see Anna
2: And poof we lost Don Juanito in the middle of the voicemail. Uh, same thing seems to have happened to him last week, but I suspect Elsa may have frozen him so could someone please go to Disneyland and unfreeze poor Don Juanito uh, maybe a little love is all he needs but uh, thanks for calling us twice over Don Juanito I'm very much enjoying your phone calls and that leaving him on the voicemail and I hope everyone else is too because I think that's fun and amusing uh, and also come back next week everybody we're going to be at ToonFest as I've said before and it's going to be lots of fun at ToonFest I'm very excited about this I hope you are too And of course, as I say to you every week, remember to keep your pixie in your pocket. Which is, of course, keeping that good and positive attitude right there, easy at hand. And remember to spread a little pixie dust on some of your friends and even some of your enemies. You know, show a little love to some people. Uh, that's how you unfreeze people with a frozen heart. Show a little love. Uh, so go out there and just love people this week. And of course, we—I want to hear about it. Just send us on a, a voicemail, an email. Let me know on Twitter. You know, of something cool. Maybe somebody does something nice for you, or you find a chance to do something nice for someone else. Go ahead and share those stories. I love hearing stuff about that. And uh, that's partially what this show is about, is about, you know, happiness, having a positive attitude, and, and you know, just love on people and share the magic. So uh, until next week, I'll be coming to you uh, mostly live, although it will be recorded from ToonFest. God bless.